Trinity Outreach Ministries International, a teaching ministry where lives are changed through prayer, worship, the word, fellowship, and outreach. I have had the distinct privilege to serve as your pastor for another week. I love and appreciate you, and I love and appreciate what the Lord is doing here at Trinity. And uh, good to see each and every one of you that are in the service. And welcome to all those on Facebook and on Zoom and on YouTube. We welcome you aboard in Jesus' wonderful name. Let me ask you a question. Good morning. Let me ask you a question. Do you know that Jesus demonstrated the importance of sharing a meal with a group of people? Do you know that Jesus demonstrated the importance of sharing a meal with a group of people? You see here at Trinity, we have proven repeatedly that a relationship with God has a positive impact on a person's life. We have seen that repeatedly. Your relationship with God has a positive impact on your life. And we have found that by prayer, worship, the word, fellowship and outreach, we can build and develop proper relationships with God. And so one of the five pegs that we hang our hats on is fellowship. And fellowship usually involves some sort of refreshment and interaction. Now, prayer does not necessarily involve any sort of refreshments or anything like that. Doesn't carry the expectation. Worship doesn't carry that expectation either. The word on Sunday morning doesn't carry that expectation. But once you get into fellowship, there is an expectation that there will be some sort of refreshments involved. And where did that expectation evolve from? What is the genesis of that expectation of fellowship involving some form of refreshment from Jesus, the Christ, the Messiah himself? Now, down through the years as a Pentecostal, I have noticed in the church, the Pentecostal church, that teaching was placed on a lower level of the spiritual ladder than preaching and evangelism. And I always wondered that because in the Great Commission, Jesus told to go and teach men how to be disciples. But we evangelists, uh, we Pentecostals know that if an evangelist is coming to town to your church, the place is rammed off. But if you said a teacher is coming to town to your church, it is three-quarter empty. And that is the way that we have been culturized in the Pentecostal church. The other aspect also that I have noticed in the Pentecostal church is that we tend to place prayer and worship and the word up on a pedestal. And when it comes to fellowship and outreach, we drop them further down. In other words, if we're going to get together, let us get together to pray. Don't get together to not eat no food. It again shows the lack of appreciation of what Jesus taught us. So today... I want you to ask the Holy Spirit to give you a teachable spirit as we go through this section. Don't shut me down before you even hear what I'm saying. 
because of your strong personal convictions. So please have an open mind to the Word of God. And everything that we are going to share is going to come directly from this Word. We started in January, book by book of the New Testament, and we spent the entire month of January going through the book of Matthew. In February, we moved to March, to, to Mark. And in March, we moved to Luke. Next month, next Sunday, is going to be Palm Sunday. And the message will be taken from the book of John. The following Sunday, it's going to be Easter. Greater love had no man than this, than a man lays down his life for his friends. He's going to come from the book of John. And then for the rest of the month of April, we will be in the book of the gospel according to John. As we continue going through the books of the New Testament. But here we are today. Heavenly Father, we bow in your presence. We know how we were raised, cultured, and taught in the Pentecostal movement. We know that we are coming against strongholds of opinions. People that have treated your gospel with various levels of deepness and what it means to be deep and what it means to be spiritual. But Lord, we ask now that your Holy Spirit will just break down this whole thing. And let us see exactly what this is all about. In Jesus' wonderful name, enlighten us this day. Help, O oh Lord, everything that is done and said be done and said to you honor your glory. May our lives be changed. May souls be saved. In Jesus' wonderful name. Amen. And so I ask you a question. Do you know that Jesus demonstrated the importance of fellowship? And he started off by showing the importance of fellowship by demonstrating the importance of sharing a meal with a group of people. And I have a few important statements to make before we close. But get your Bible with me and open to the book of Luke, and we're going to trace a few scriptures this morning. We're going to stay very active in the book of Luke. That is the book for this month. And today being the last Sunday in this month, this will be our last study in Luke as we go into John next month. I am in Luke's Gospel, chapter 5. When I pick up the reading in Luke's Gospel, chapter 5, uh, verse 27. Luke 5, 27, and I'm reading from the New King James Version. After these things... Jesus went out and saw a tax collector named Levi. The name of the tax collector was Levi, sitting at the tax office. And he said to him, follow me. And the tax collector left the funds, rose up, and followed Jesus. He must have had an assistant, as he wouldn't leave all the money there. Then Levi gave Jesus, a great feast in his own house. So right away, we see that Jesus is turning up to a party, a social gathering, a time of eating, a time of fellowship at a tax collector's house. You see, one of the things that I've pointed out to this church repeatedly, that Sunday morning accounts for less than 99% of the week. And ministry must take place in 100%. You cannot limit everybody's gifts and abilities and talents to a church service on a Sunday morning. You cannot. Ministry goes on for the rest of the week. 
what happened in the 99. And that's why we came up with the expression known as Ministry 99. You have gifts, you have talents, you have abilities that the Lord wants to use. And don't look forward to, oh, I am not on the platform on Sunday morning, therefore I can't do anything. That is not right. Every day, every moment of every day, you can be in ministry for the Lord. And he goes to this guy's house. They have thrown what they call here a feast. Where you turn up for a feast, anybody knows there's going to be a lot of food. You can't have a feast if they have a lot of food. And they can have a lot of food and in this day and time, they will have a lot of wine too. 29. Then Levi gave him a great feast in his own house. And there was a great number of the tax collectors and others who sat down with them. In other words, fellowships present opportunities for outreach. There are persons who will never put on the clothes and come out to 8 o'clock on a Sunday morning. But if you are meeting in a non-threatening environment such as a house or some place of, of, of a restaurant or some place to eat, they will come and you will have an opportunity to share the gospel. Guess what? The bottom line is not about coming to church. The bottom line is about establishing a relationship with God. The old Pentecostals are looking at me like I backslide. Well, welcome to 2023. Nothing is wrong about coming to church on a Sunday morning. As a matter of fact, we are encouraged not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together. But because somebody comes to church on Sunday morning does not make them a Christian. And it does not make that person have a proper relationship with God. That person could be sitting in the service with an ulterior hidden agenda. And service after service, they're in the service just to discourage the persons who are in the service before they leave to go home. They can be very much in church every Sunday morning and never ever listen to any of the messages. Because that is not the reason for being in church. So it is about establishing a relationship with God. So here... Where do, where do you think Jesus will find other tax collectors to, to minister the gospel to? Tell them to come to church on Sunday morning? No. Levi is having a party at his house. Jesus is going to the party. Why? Because at the party, he's going to talk to some people and minister to some people about establishing a proper relationship with God. Amen. I have to learn to preach in a quiet assembly today. I have heard it said repeatedly. All the people want is the bread and loaves and the fishes in the church. They don't want to pray. They don't want to worship God. They don't want the word. All are important. Prayer is important. The word is important. Worship is important. The bread and loaves are important. The outreach is important. Don't put these things on different pedestals. The objective must always be the same. To build relationships with God. Now, let's continue on. Matthew, Luke, sorry, Luke chapter 5. We, this is the month of March. We are in Luke's gospel. 29. Then Levi gave him a great feast in his own house. And there were a great number of tax collectors and others who sat down there with him. But check, the church people came too. It's amazing how church people always turn up at stuff that they want to get first-hand information to be able to criticize. 
They're not there for first-hand information to spread the gospel, to build relationship with God. They're always there. A lot of them are always there to criticize. They want first-hand information to criticize. Lord have mercy. I can say that because I'm a born and bred church person. And I've had lots of experiences with church people. 30. But the scribes and the Pharisees murmured against his disciples, saying, Why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? Now, I would like to ask them church people a question. You hypocrites, what are you doing here at this party if you think this party is so unreligious? Anybody agrees with me? If this party is damnation and it is the door for Sodom and Gomorrah and it is the way to hell, what are you all doing here too? In other words, you're all up in the man house, eating the man food, drinking the man drinks, and criticizing the man, and criticizing Jesus, and criticizing the disciples at the same time. Sound like certain people I know. They come up in Trinity, eat Trinity food, get blessed by Trinity, and criticize Trinity at the same time. Amen. Amen. You are sitting there watching at me, so I might as well enjoy myself up here. Because you are looking at me like this is heresy that I am sharing today. This is not what you came to church to get. So, if I go by a man's shop, and I sit down over the counter, he behind the counter, I in front of the counter, I drink of water. <laughs> ah, when I wake up now. <laughs> yeah. So, he put a bottle of water on the counter. Small bottle. Nice and cold. Are we chatting? And he tells me what he's going through. And I share with him God's perspective. And we have a brief word of prayer. And he leaves encouraged, strengthened, to trust God for another day. Who could tell me that that was not ministry? Who could tell me that that is not important? It's fellowship. And outreach. They go together. So, they're up in the place, eating the man food, drinking the man drink, criticizing the disciples, criticizing Jesus, and on and on it goes. Go with me now to Luke chapter 11. Luke chapter 11. In Luke chapter 11, what most of us think about is the, the Lord's Prayer, teach us to pray. But I'm coming a little further down in Luke. And I'm coming, Luke 11, I'm coming as far as verse 37. And as he spoke, Luke 11:37, And as he spoke, a certain Pharisee asked him to come and dine with him. So he went in and sat down at the man's house. Now, if you listen to this, you would see that the reputation of Jesus is now known that he does accept invitations to come and have a meal. Yes or no? If you study the life of Jesus, you will notice that the reputation, his reputation is such now that he, people know that he will come and have a meal if you invite him. 38, and when the Pharisee saw it, he marveled that he did not first wash before dinner. Is you all right? 
He didn't know that Jesus knew what was going on in his head. And Jesus is going to use this opportunity here to minister to the Pharisee. You see, fellowship presents opportunity, provides opportunities for ministry. And I'm going to get to that a little later. Go with me to Luke chapter 15. Luke chapter 15. In Luke chapter 15, I am just going to share verses 1 and 2. And this is what it says. Then all the tax collectors and the sinners drew near to him to hear him. Why? Because the people knew that he didn't scorn them. The people knew that he wasn't looking down on them. The people knew that he didn't look, treat them in a certain way. The people knew that the religious leaders, they have no time for them. But that this man, Jesus, will come and sit down and talk with us. He would even come home and sit down and talk with us. I went down by Levi's house and he was in Levi's house. And they were chatting. So I, I, I want to hear, you see. So fellowship breaks down barriers for ministry. Anybody understand what I'm saying? Fellowship breaks down barriers for ministry. There are a lot of persons will come to a fellowship session, will not come to a regular church service. It breaks down barriers for ministry. Then all the tax collectors and the sinners drew near to Jesus to hear him. And the Pharisees and scribes, Mother's church people, always, they don't give you a break. They're beginning to sound like, oh, don't worry. And the Pharisees and the scribes murmured, saying, This man receives sinners and eats with them. What an abomination! Bismarck, you remember? Years ago, when we used to go in Baxter's Road in the night, select we own table and sit down there. A whole group of men. And we used to share the gospel. How, how is the Lord treating you? What are you going through? A man would divulge some stuff at the table in Baxter's Road in the night. That they would never divulge in a church on a Sunday morning. Y'all know what I'm talking about. You see, we want men to dress a certain way, come in here and tell us what we're going through. I don't know who we think we're dealing with, but that's not men. That's why we object sometimes to the feminization of the gospel. Where we feel that the gospel must be presented from a female perspective. Now, nothing wrong with that. Because last week, I spent the entire time showing you how Luke dealt with a female perspective of the gospel. But there is more to it than that. That's all I'm saying. Now, we would sit down there and eat chicken. Bismarck, I can't eat chicken at that time of the night now, though. Lord have mercy. You can eat a half a chicken at 11 something in the night. And just chatting and more chicken coming out all the time. Or sometimes the guys didn't feel like going with a lot of chicken. So they're going oysters and sit down by grannies. And eat gizzards and liver and them too. Hey, you all remember that? Bismarck, you remember that? And chat. And talk about the goodness of God. And share what is going through your life. And show the relevance of God to your life. But guess what? Bismarck. You know we did that with severe criticism from the pulpit. The Holy Ghost filled Pentecostal young men should not be in Baxter's Road at the table in the night. What testimony is saying? Come out from among them and be separate. 
And you know we pay severe lashes from the pulpit for being an oyster. He's eating uh, chicken necks and gizzards. Granny dead and gone now, right? I could eat a gizzard right now. So here it is. Luke chapter 15. Then all the tax collectors and the sinners drew near to hear him. Why? Because they realized this man had no heirs and graces. One of the major criticisms I've heard of Trinity is how the pastor dresses. And that he has no heirs and graces. He's too ordinary. So if you all want three pieces, and me arriving here in a limousine or a Range Rover, then you're all in the wrong church. I could call some names where they're in the pulpit looking like that today. And they're sweating like horses. So they got a big rag and wiping it is part of the presentation. Let me ask you another question. Do you know that Jesus or even invited himself to people's homes to have a meal with them in an effort to minister to them? Do you know that? So it was not only a case where Jesus accepted invitations to people's homes to be able to minister with them, but Jesus himself will walk up to somebody and tell them, I'm coming home with you. You coming by me, yeah? But the place ain't clean yet. I gotta get the spaghetti off the roof. That's all right. You can get it off when I get there. I'm coming home with you. I'm coming home and we're gonna have a meal together. Really? Yes, at your house. Yep. And we're gonna sit down and talk. Yep. Let me just give you. Wow. Where does the time go on Sunday morning when I start? Does it fast forward or something? Okay, I'll give you one. Turn with me to Luke 19. See, if I wasn't talking about grannies, I would have get in here. Luke 19, Luke 19, Luke 19. Luke 19. Pick up the reading at verse 1. I'm going to just give you one example. Then Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. Now behold, there was a man named what? Zacchaeus. Who was a what? A chief commissioner of Bra. Do all right. You all see that in your version? He was the chief revenue officer of Bra. It says here in my Bible, he was the chief tax collector. Okay, good. Good, good. Okay. So you all understand who you're dealing with? Okay, good. And he was rich. Good. And he sought to see who Jesus was, but could not because of the crowd, for he was a short guy. Nothing wrong with short guys. So he ran ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was going to pass that way. Every move conks, Lisa. Climbed up a tree. Every move conks. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up. Oh, shucks. Zacchaeus was sitting in the tree, hoping that this man would pass by and not even know that he was in the tree. The, uh, the crowd would just sweep by. The man stops directly under the tree. We're going over here. And he looks up. And then... In front of everybody, here is what he's telling Zacchaeus. Come down, Zacchaeus, and calling him by name. I coming at you to eat now, today. Come down, let me go home by you. What the scripture doesn't say is that Zacchaeus had diarrhea. Could you imagine that he was up in the tree hoping that nobody would see him? 
that this Jesus, the Messiah, will pass by in the crowd. All he is there to do, he ain't even interested in a selfie. He just want to get a picture of Jesus passing in the crowd. A good picture. The man, Jesus, stops under the tree, looks up at him, calls him by name, and tells him, come down, Zacchaeus. I going by your house to eat. Now you sit down there looking all prim and proper on a Sunday morning. How would you have responded? Some of one would have followed the tree. The first thing Jesus would have had to do with you, yes, Banya, the first thing Jesus would have had to do with you is get up. Everything weak. Your wrists, your knees, all your joints become weak. And you fall out the tree and he would have to get you up first. But the scriptures say he came down and they went to the house. No, no food was ready when they got there. You always read too fast, you know. Take some time and dig into the story. If he didn't know that he was having guests, would any food be ready? No. Therefore, it's a perfect opportunity to do what? Ministry. While you're doing what? You're sitting in his location, in his territory, at his home, and you can share about your relationship with God. So by the time the food comes out, the food is just the ice cream, the icing on the cake, and all them good things that Mary tell us we mustn't eat. We must eat a Bajan cherry. Oh, there was time for the Bajan cherries to come out so that they will be healthy. Anybody's understanding what I'm saying? Good. Let me ask you a third question quickly. I will not go into any more on that. Question number three. Do you know that the church people, leadership in particular, Call Jesus a glutton? And somebody say a drunk. Well, let's go to Luke chapter 7 and see it in our own Bible. And sometimes, you know, we are a product of our upbringing. And the Pentecostal movement has a lot to answer to God for, for its teachings. Because fellowship is important. And don't miss the main thing. Establishing your relationship with God. Luke chapter 7. Verse 33 and verse 34. Jesus is speaking and it is in red. And therefore we know that Jesus does not tell lies. Here is what he says. For John the Baptist, I mean Luke chapter 7 and verse 33. For John the Baptist came neither eating bread nor drinking wine. And you said he had a demon. He's too aloof. In other words, John the Baptist was a vegetarian. And so he was criticized. But somebody said, he ate locusts. The last time they checked, that wasn't vegetables. 34. The Son of Man, who is Jesus, has come eating and drinking. And you say, and he's talking to the church leadership at the time, the scribes, the Pharisees, look, a glutton and a wine bibber. A friend of tax collectors and sinners. That's how the church leadership called Jesus. So you have it right there in your Bible. Treat fellowship with different respect. And look through the eyes of God. And a fellowship session is a ministry session. Last question. I'm going to ask you before I make a few statements. Question, do you know that hospitality is a vital component of Christianity? 
Do you know that hospitality is a vital component of Christianity? Instead of taking you all through Luke, I'm going to go to the book of Acts, since I have it in one place in there. And so, come with me to Acts chapter 2. The early church, Christianity is on its way. Acts chapter 2, we're going to pick up the reading from verse 40. And when, and with many other words, he testified and exhorted them, saying, Be saved from, from this perverse generation. Then those who gladly received this word were baptized, and the day about 3,000 souls were added to them. Stop there for a while. Stop there for a while. The early church baptized converts on the same day that they accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And their baptism was a statement to the world that I declare that I identify myself with the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. So, I don't know if they said a sinner's prayer. I don't know if they had converts class. But I know that the way that you indicated that you have accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior was to step right up and be baptized. You Do you accept Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior? Yes, I do. Well, come on in and be baptized. Down through the years, the church leadership said, these people are getting baptized and they don't know what they're getting into. So we need to have classes. Some people said one class. Some people say a month of classes. Some people say months of classes. We have to make doubly, 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 tricoubly, and quadruply sure that they know that they're doing what they're doing when they come to be baptized. And guess what you end up with? A whole lot of backsliders. Instead of baptizing them up front and turning them over to the Holy Ghost, we want to turn them over to some minister and some program. And I cannot make anybody live a successful Christian life. Mike Critchlow cannot. Only the Holy Spirit can. So be baptized and let the Holy Spirit run your life. And this is what the early church did. They focused on the role of the Holy Spirit in the life of a believer. So as soon as that is how you identify. Do you remember Philip as he was traveling along with the Ethiopian eunuch? The man said, hey, there is water. What that hinder me from being baptized? Why? He had just realized what Isaiah was saying. And he wanted to identify with this Jesus. And the way he did was he went, he stopped the chariot and he was baptized. I tell you, I say some stuff in this church that some people think is heresy. Verse 42, and they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in the breaking of bread and in prayers. You see that? Come on down. Verse 46, so continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking of bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart. You know why I read 46? Because I've heard it preached repeatedly that that breaking of bread was communion. But if you read 46, it says food. Learn your Bible. Take some time and study the word. So it was fellowship. They were eating. Hospitality was part of the Christian walk. And therefore, let me give you three important statements as we bring this 
book of Luke to a close. So much more to go through in Luke. We could be in Luke for the rest of the year. But that is not the program that we are on right now. So let's bring Luke to a close as we look at these three important statements. Statement number one. Fellowship provides an opportunity for deeper ministry to individuals. Fellowship provides an opportunity for deeper ministry to individuals. What you will share at a fellowship, you will never share in a church service. Never. The questions that you have, that you will like have answered, you get up and ask in a church service. But if you're sitting down over a beverage, over some hors d'oeuvres, samosas, or whatever it is, the environment is not a pressurized environment. It's a relaxed environment. And in a relaxed environment, you tend to share more of your truth and your insight. And it is not necessarily a performance. We have a lot of Hollywoods on Sunday mornings. But when you sit in a fellowship, then you can hear what people are struggling with. And there and then you can minister, sincerely minister to the needs of the person. Quickly come with me. And I crave your indulgence for a few more minutes. Maybe five. Luke chapter four. Go with me to Luke chapter four. I'm going to use just two verses there. Luke chapter 4. I'm picking up the reading in Luke 4. At verse 38. Now Jesus arose from the synagogue and entered Simon Peter's house. So he's gone for fellowship at Simon Peter's house. While he was there, at Simon Peter's house, the fact that Simon's mother-in-law was sick came up. And as he was already in Simon Peter's house, he went in the bedroom and healed her and then continued with the fellowship. Understand the context. So he wasn't invited to Simon Peter's house because Simon Peter's mother-in-law was ill. He went for fellowship. And as he is there fellowshipping, he was told that she is in the bedroom sick, as it were. And he went and he healed her, and they continue on in fellowship. But look at this in case you missed it. And she arose, verse 39, and did what? Served them. Luke 10, pick up the reading at verse 38. Now it happened as they went that he entered a certain village and a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. Why? Fellowship. And she had a sister called Mary who also sat at the feet of Jesus and heard his word. But Martha was distracted with much serving as she approached him. Now I heard people preach on this repeatedly. And the point that they make, that it is more important to sit at the feet of Jesus than to be busy, busy, busy. Yes, that's a good point, but don't miss the point. Fellowship and ministry and outreach is what was taking place here. The reason that he could minister to Martha and minister to Mary is because he was in their house having a meal. There's more to it. Luke chapter 19. Same Luke chapter 19. Do you remember the story of Zacchaeus? Let's go back there for a moment. Look at ministry. 
Then Zacchaeus stood and said, Luke 19.8, what ministry is taking place? Look at verse 9. And Jesus said to Zacchaeus, Today salvation has come into your home because you are also a son of Abraham. He is ministering to him. For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. Ministry. Second statement. Fellowship provides an opportunity for the demonstration of Christian character. Fellowship provides an opportunity for the demonstration of Christian character in an everyday situation. Fellowship provides an opportunity for the demonstration of Christian character in an everyday situation. Let's go that over one more time. Fellowship provides an opportunity for the demonstration of Christian character in an everyday situation. It has been my observation, and maybe you had a different observation to me, but when it comes to food, some people's salvation goes through the window. I don't know if you had the same observation that I have. Everything will be going nice until you get to the serving table. When you get to the serving table, all them angels have disappeared and you have these ruffians that turn, to turn up wearing the same angel clothes. Anybody knows what you're talking about? And they will lie at the table to the servers having just come out of hallelujah, praise the Lord service. No demonstration of Christian character. Why is it that when food is involved, salvation goes through the window? Fellowship provides an opportunity for the demonstration of Christian character in an everyday situation. I'm going to give you a reference and keep moving on because the clock is not my friend at this point in time. Luke chapter 14, verses 1 through 11. Read it at your convenience. Although some of you say when I read it, you see different things than where you read it. Third statement. Third statement. Fellowship is part of the eternal destiny of the follower of Jesus the Christ. Fellowship is part of the eternal destiny of the follower of Jesus the Christ. Has anybody in here ever heard about the marriage supper of the Lamb? Turn with me to Revelation chapter 19. Re fellowship is so important that we can have fellowship in heaven. I'm going to just read two verses. You read the whole story. And to her was granted to be arrayed in fine linen. Revelation 19. Clean and bright. For the fine linen is the righteous acts of the saints. Then he said to me, Right blessed are those who are called to what? The marriage supper of the Lamb. Where is this taking place? In heaven. Where it is part of the eternal destiny of the follower of Jesus Christ. Fellowship. Having a meal together. But I want to close by simply saying that Jesus demonstrated the importance of fellowship. When last have you just sat with somebody or have some light refreshments and share the gospel? When last? Or did you say it as not important? But I want everyone in the congregation to stand. But I want you to have a moment of introspection. How do you see ministry? Is ministry only a microphone on a pulpit? 
or his ministry, a cup of coffee with somebody, a fish cake with somebody, something with someone, a bag of popcorn with somebody. In every instance down here, Jesus, the perfect man, showed us how he used fellowship to be able to minister the gospel. Somebody jumps in your car, they need a ride. Give them the ride. But as you go along, you don't have to wait for Sunday morning. You don't have to preach John 3, 16, repent or perish or get out. But you could tell them that God has been good to me. I have proven God to be good in tough times and in the good times. And as you share, you might not in the car have opportunity to share a beverage, but you can share fellowship. And you can have an opportunity to pray for the person. With every head bowed, every eye closed. Heavenly Father, today I ask for a paradigm shift in how we see fellowship. That fellowship is important to Jesus, important to the Holy Spirit, important to God the Father. That it was fellowship in the Garden of Eden when God the Father came down in the cool of the day to have fellowship with Adam and Eve. It was fellowship that was broken by the deceitfulness of the devil. And I ask, Lord, that you give us strength to know that God is fighting for us and no deceitfulness of the devil is going to disrupt our fellowship services on this last Sunday of every other month. That we're going to go forward victoriously in Jesus' name and build fellowship in this community. Fellowship with each other and fellowship with God. I ask for your divine blessing now across this congregation. And that as they go to their various walks of life, as they step out into activities for the week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, show them, oh God, opportunities for fellowship. Show them opportunities for sharing the gospel. Show them opportunities to minister to individuals at a deeper level. And we ask now for a breakthrough in this area. In Jesus' name, amen. Trinity Outreach Ministries International. Growing and going by increasing in the knowledge of God.